Thank you for joining us for this premiere episode of the Sunday Hour with Pastor Joseph. I am Pastor Joseph, and thank you for joining us. Well, before we kick off on the message that I feel like God has given me for you today, uh, let's just pray because I want the Holy Spirit to be a part of this podcast, and I want him to direct and lead it, and I want to just be the servant that he uses to accomplish his perfect will. So will you pray with me? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, your love. Thank you, God, that you are with us today. Even in the midst of chaos, you bring us hope and healing. I pray you'll touch the hearts of the hearers, God, that they will want to draw closer and nearer, and that the word that you've given me today will speak to them, and that, Father God, they will be moved to draw closer to you in their daily walk. And we pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. Well, I once heard it said that you should never forget to pray and thank God for the day when you wake up because God didn't forget to wake you up. And I think that's a good model to live by uh, every single day to thank God for the day that he gave you to be a part of. So as I began thinking about what this episode would be all about, I, I just sort of came to uh, this idea that the Holy Spirit had given me of hope in the midst of chaos. See, have you ever been to the beach when a storm blows in across the water? You see the waves begin to get bigger and crash harder against the shore as the wind picks up around you. It seems a bit scary, to be honest, and you quickly pack up your belongings and you head for the shelter of home. You see, in your mind, you know that if you can just get home, everything will be okay. This picture looks, looks a lot like life right now during COVID-19, but don't despair. We have a home to run to, Jesus Christ. In our home found in Jesus Christ, we have hope in the unfailing promise made in Deuteronomy 31.8. It reads this way, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Today, whatever you may be facing is no match for the God you serve. Have faith in him, for we are, we are assured that this too shall pass. So I began thinking about the, uh, this topic and what I should talk about. I, I reflected back on another sermon that I had written, and it was entitled Trouble into Triumph. And I thought, you know, how easy it is to look at the trouble around us and fail to see the triumph that God has intended for us. So I just sort of little modified and kind of worked this sermon that was uh, written, you know, probably a year or so ago. I kind of don't, re <laughs> don't recall when, when I had written it, but it was so powerful as I read through what I had written. I was like, wow. This is certainly something that God inspired to be spoken today, even though it was written probably a year or so ago. And my key verse today, if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Psalm 62.1? I love the Psalms because the Psalms are heartfelt. 
The Psalms is really where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. It's where the heart of human individuals cries out to God in despair, in hope, in thanksgiving. It's just really an intimate look of what life is for some of the great warriors of the Bible that we read about. So Psalm 62.1, if you'll turn there with me, it's just a very simple verse. It says, I wait quietly before God, comma, because we got to pause there. I wait quietly before God. That's the key. You got to wait quietly before God. And then the second part, for my victory comes from him. See, the first thing, the first thing we have to do to have hope in the midst of chaos is to pray for hope. You see, most of the time, people think of praying as the very last resort instead of utilizing it as the first best option. It's easy to involve, evolve our minds into this mindset of DIY. It simply stands for do it yourself. I don't know if you're like me, but you know, I enjoy doing it myself. I love the DIY projects. I love to, you know, get involved in something that I can do and, and look at and say, wow, Joseph did this or wow, look what I accomplished. But that's not the type of mindset that God calls us to in our Christian walk with him. You see, independence is the biggest reason that so many individuals walk around in defeat. Now, don't get me wrong. Being independent is not bad in sort of a um, social uh, a growing stage that you go through. As you get older, you hit the 18 mark. You know, you want to move out from home. You want to get out there, be independent, get a job, get your own place to live, get your car, all of that. There's nothing wrong with being independent in sort of the uh, social uh, growth stage that you go into when you get into your late teens. But it's so crucial to not let independence be a part of our Christian walk. You see, don't ask, do it yourself is the theme that most of us can relate to when it comes to the most notable lessons learned from childhood. Everyone around us is so conditioned to being self-reliant that we fall into the trap of self-reliance ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that self-reliance is a bad characteristic, but the truth, because the truth is, it's not. But when we allow self-reliance to take center stage in our life, it becomes a hindrance instead of an asset. In Western culture, we suffer from the DIY mentality most often than those who have an Eastern culture. You see, simply because it was the foundation on which our society was built. The very first settlers that came to this country, they had to be independent. They had to fend for themselves, so to speak. They had to live in a DIY world because that was the culture they had embraced. But if you look at Eastern culture, that's not the culture that they embrace. They embrace community. They embrace unity. They embrace family and friends. But strength that 
the Eastern culture exhibits more than what Western culture does is a key word that is thrown around multiple times a day within the mainstream society that encompasses our life. You see, to ask for help is weakness in Western culture, whereas strength, strength isn't bad at all. Strength is something we should strive for. But in Eastern culture, they embrace it through community. Strength in Western culture is embraced in an individualistic mentality. You see, to ask for help is weakness since it does not jive with our sense of independence and our code of conduct. However, the fact remains that to take trouble, to take chaos and turn it into peace, we first have to be willing to ask help from others. To take trouble, to take chaos, find some sort of hope, find some sort of peace in it, we have to be willing to ask for help from others. God made each one of us to live in community. From the very beginning of time, it was the will of God that humans should be in daily interaction with other humans and God himself. In Genesis 2.18, we see the will of God very clearly stated, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. You see, God understands our need for help. He knows that on our own, we cannot reach our greatest potential. Prayer is the gateway to interacting with God and the artery that connects us with one another. Recently, I read the story of how God used a stranger to heal a child of Down syndrome. One afternoon, while walking through the lobby of a hotel in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Michael Scalan became aware of a disturbance in one corner of the room. Michael walked in that direction in that casual way we use to check out disturbances in public places without announcing our curiosity. A boy of about four was screaming and rolling around the floor in some kind of fit. Several people were trying to help the parents control the child, crowd was gathering. It was a bad situation. Then the Lord spoke to Michael. I want you to pray with that boy for a complete healing, he said. It wasn't an audible voice, but Michael heard the Lord say this as clearly as he had ever heard anything. Michael suspected that the boy had Down syndrome. Michael was astonished. You see, Down syndrome is a genetic defect that always causes moderate to severe mental impairment and physical disability. Every cell in that boy's body had an extra chromosome. Every one of the billions of cells in his body was defective, and Michael was supposed to pray for complete healing. But Michael had heard the Lord, taken a deep breath, taken a deep and uneasy breath. Michael went over to the parents. He told them that he wanted to pray for their son. Michael implied that the idea was his, not the Lord's, in case nothing happened when he prayed. Michael put his hands on the child and prayed. He calmed down immediately. Michael was filled with the sense that at that moment, the Lord began to restore him completely. He was. In the weeks and months following that event, the boy's development accelerated. The doctors, they could not find any explanation for it. When they ran the tests, they could find no trace of Down syndrome in the boy. 
Friends, what would have happened in this situation if Michael would have displayed the Western culture individualistic mentality and simply walked on his way and done nothing? We see that in the story in the Gospels about the Good Samaritan. We see two religious people, two Christians of the day, just simply walk past this beaten Samaritan that was on the side of the road, had been robbed, had been, had been beaten, left for dead. They simply walked by because they were too busy in their own world to be troubled with any inconvenience. What am I saying? God will take your prayers in communion with others, and turn the chaos into in your life and in the life of others into hope. You see, if Michael would have never asked to pray for the little boy, then hope would have not been the key word of that situation. Defeat would have been. What troubles are you facing? It's time to leave the DIY mentality and begin to pray for victory and hope in your life. The book of James sums up the issue with a DIY mindset. It says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it, as James 4.2b tells us. When you sit back and don't take a step of faith by asking God to take the trouble and turn it into hope, you're not just denying yourself the victory, you you are in fact denying those around you victory. God blesses others through you, and God blesses you through others. Prayer is a chain that connects believers to God and those around them. Like Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Will you allow your self-reliance to draw you away from experiencing the fullness of God, or will you forsake the DIY mindset and pray for your hope in the midst of chaos? You see, not only do we have to be in communion with others during the cycle of our prayer life, we have to be in communion with God. Matthew 6, 6 says, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. The prayers of the heart are what God listens to. When troubles come in like a flood, the Bible says God will throw up a wall of defense to stop them. Still, it amazes me at my own attitude towards prayer and its its relevance to my troubles. You see, I'm more willing to try and fix issues on my own than rely on God to fix them for me. 1 Peter 5, 7 reads, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. The Greek takes this and says that you're supposed to take your worries and your cares and throw, literally throw them onto God's shoulders. Whatever is weighing you down, you take and you throw onto the shoulders of God. You see, hope only comes by prayer and faith. There is no other alternate route. Taking our troubles to God is the only sure way to receive victory and hope over the troubles that life throws at us. We were created to reign as kings on this earth, not walk around defeated, depressed, beat down. When you take your troubles to God, you are for a fact releasing control of your troubles to Him, allowing God Almighty to fight your battles for you. 
Similar to when facing a legal issue, you allow a lawyer to advocate on your behalf. That's the lawyer's job. That's what you are compensating him for. On your part, all you have to do is just sit back and watch your lawyer bring triumph in your legal issue. There's nothing for you to do. The lawyer is fighting your battle. How much more will the creator of the universe fight your battles today? You see, today is the day that God is calling you to release control of the troubles, of the chaos in your life, and allow him to bring your advocate, allow him to become your advocate, turning your trouble, turning your chaos into hope. If you do this, I believe and declare, your rough patches will be made smooth, your troubles will turn into your triumph. But not only do we have to pray for hope in the midst of our chaos, we've got to be willing to wait for hope in the midst of the chaos. You see, I'm told in the very center of a hurricane, it's very calm, very still. But you've got to get through the outer edges of a hurricane to reach the center of it. You have to be willing to wait through the outer roaring, destructive path of the hurricane to ever get to the calm serenity that is found in the center. You see, waiting is one of the hardest aspects of life. Seems so simple, but yet it's so hard. To just sit back and allow the current of life to flow and carry along to your destiny is no small feat. Psalm says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. You see, this verse gives us the assurance that we have a captain who is guiding our life. The current of life is not just carrying you along. God is. Earlier this year, I got the chance to go to a water park to just kind of take the day and enjoy some water in the sun. And I remember getting on a inflatable inner tube and just going down the lazy river. There was a little current that carried you along. There was like water uh, sprays and, and little sprinklers that would uh, hit you with water as you were floating down the stream. But, you know, there was a current underneath it that was making the inner tube go. You didn't have to kick your feet to make it go. You didn't have to paddle with your arms. It just, like, magically went. That's how God is. God is the current moving you along. He's the captain. You're not just idly wandering around. You see, waiting on God is never easy, but it is rewarding. You see, it's through this waiting period that God creates character in our life. Like tree roots need a time of waiting to fully develop and grow so that they become grounded and stabilize the tree for generations. We need a time of waiting to become grounded and stabilized in our life for the future. When doubts come flooding in, your roots will keep you grounded and leaning upon the promises of God. Brenda was a young woman who was invited to go rock climbing. Although she was scared to death, she went with her group to a tremendous granite cliff. In spite of her fear, she put on the gear, took a hold of the rope, and started up the face of that rock. Well, she got to a ledge where she could take a breather. As she was hanging on there, the safety rope snapped against Brenda's eye and knocked out her contact lens. Well, here she is on a rock ledge with hundreds of feet below her and hundreds of feet above her. Of course, she looked 
looked and looked and looked, hoping it had landed on the ledge, but it just wasn't there. Here she was, far from home, her sight now blurry. She was desperate and began to get upset. So she prayed to the Lord to help her to find it. When she got to the top, a friend examined her eye and her clothing for the lens, but there was no contact lens to be found. She sat down, despondent with the rest of the, of the party, waiting for the rest of them to make it up the face of the cliff. She looked out across the range after range of mountains, thinking of that Bible verse that says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whore. She thought, Lord, you can see all these mountains. You know every stone and leaf, and you know exactly where my contact lens is. Please help me. Finally, they walked down the trail to the bottom. The bottom, there was a new party of climbers just started at the face of the cliff. One of them shouted out, Hey, you guys, anybody lose a contact lens? Well, that would be startling enough. But you know why the climbers saw it? An ant was moving slowly across the face of the rock, carrying it. Wow, friends, I've lost contact lenses before. And I've even got them lost in my eyes. And that's just, that's a sickening feeling because you've got to keep moving your eye around to it pops back out. And, and when you lose it, you're like heart sick because contacts are not cheap. And to think, you know, she had lost at rock climbing and an ant brought it. That's how great our God is. He wants to take the chaos as small as a contact lens. And he wants to bring hope in the midst. You see, like Brenda, you may be facing a situation that looks utterly impossible. COVID-19 has left you jobless. It's le left you in foreclosure, left you in eviction. It's left your finances in shambles. The critics say it's never going to happen. The voices in your head tell you it's over. But God is saying, wait on me. I will bring hope in the midst of your chaos. Sarah was a woman not unlike us today. She faced similar struggles and setbacks in life. At the age of 70, God promised her a child. You see, Sarah had been unable to have children her entire life. and the human, it looked impossible. At the age of seven, really? However, Sarah dared to believe that what God promised he would fulfill. Nevertheless, year after year passed and Sarah was still unable to have children. In her heart, she wanted to believe God was true to his word, but the circumstances proved otherwise. In her moment of weakness, Sarah convinced her husband Abraham to sleep with her personal assistant, thus giving them a child to carry on the family name. The picture looked perfect now in Sarah's life. She had a child. Society no longer looked down on her, and her husband was thrilled. Still, the fact remained. This was not God's will for Sarah's life. God had promised a child would come forth from Sarah, not her personal assistant. It's easy to get discouraged when God tells us to wait, when the circumstances around us don't look favorable, when the voices inside us tell us that what God promised will certainly not come to pass. Like Sarah, we can step out of God's will and bring pain and sorrow into our life and the lives around us, or we can dare to believe God and his promises. Through the mercies of God, Sarah's story did not end with her stepping out of God's will. Twenty years after the promise of a child, Sarah conceived and brought a baby boy into the world. 
However, Sarah's impatience did not go without pain and sorrow. In fact, Sarah's choices split a family and caused the son conceived by her personal assistant to grow up without a father. All of this pain and sorrow could have been avoided if only Sarah would have waited on God. Today, I'm asking, will you wait on God or allow the pressures of logistics, circumstances, and your inner person to drive you outside of God's will? Waiting is never going to be a smooth road, but it will always be worth your effort. Dare to make the effort of waiting on God, and I believe that with that choice, God will take you into the fullness of your destiny. Not only do you have to pray for hope, not only do you have to wait for hope, you've got to obey for hope. You see, not only do we have to pray, not only do we have to wait, we've got to be in a posture of obedience. Our prayers and waiting are not worth a great deal if we're not willing to follow through with obedience. Throughout the Bible, we see that obedience is the key ingredient for an abundant life. James says that without works or acts of obedience, faith is of little value. In essence, you can pray hard. You can believe a lot. You can wait on God's promises. But if you're not willing to obey, then your life will never be what it could be. Nevertheless, God is a merciful God. The psalmist says, but you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. As with Sarah, God will never cast you away no matter how much you mess up. God's love knows no bounds, there are no limits, and His mercy is new every day. Jesus said, whomever the Father brings to Him, He would not cast out. Several years ago, when I lived in Chicago for a short time, I was on Interstate 65 traveling to an appointment in a part of the city I was not familiar with. So naturally, I plugged in the address of the destination into my BlackBerry and had the GPS guide me. However, I, ex I exited on the wrong exit and got myself completely turned around. This is a story that I'd read several years ago. I, I, I failed to introduce that. This wasn't me directly. This is a story that I'd read. During the whole time that I was going in the wrong direction, the GPS kept repeating, recalculating destination over and over again. The lady on the GPS never got upset with me. She never said, you idiot, don't you listen to directions? You messed up big now. Good luck on finding your way. Throughout the whole time, she just kept saying, recalculating destination. In a similar fashion, Almighty God is saying, recalculating destination. When we get off track and disobey His voice, no matter how far we go outside of His will, He is recalculating our destination. Almighty God is turning our chaos into hope. As I read that story of those years ago, I was... I was so inspired in my own life as this individual driving down the interstate missed the exit. I've been there myself. I'm sure you've been there yourself many times and you get out of, out of the way and, and uh, that you're supposed to be going. You go an alternate route and the GPS just always says recalculating. Friends, today you may be out of the way. You may have taken an alternate route. Your life may be in shambles, but Almighty God 
is recalculating your destination to get you to your divine appointment that he has for you. Now, the devil will try and tell you that God has finished with you, that your life is over, your mistakes and disobedience has terminated God's plans for your life. These are lies. Nothing in this world can stop the plans God has for you. Even the devil's best blow cannot knock you off track. What God has decreed over your life will come to pass. In Psalms 139, it says that God knew our days before we were ever born, that our days were written in his book before even a single one of them had ever come to pass. God knew we would mess up and disobey him. That mistake did not catch God by surprise. He's not in heaven scratching his head thinking, boy, oh boy, that kid messed up big time. I don't know how to help him now. No, in fact, God is already recalculating your destination. He is placing the right people in your path, using your setbacks as the setups for your comebacks. All you have to do is trust him to work all things out for your good and be willing to listen to his voice. I heard another story about a guy who had lost his job after many years of working for the same company. Without a job, he could not afford a place to live, so he moved from Baltimore to Richmond to live with his sister. She drove long-haul trucks and was gone for extended periods of time. While she was gone, the police came to the house and told the man that the house was being foreclosed. He had a truck and put all of his belongings in the truck and lived in the truck as well. One day, the engine lit on fire and his truck said belongings were destroyed. His setback was so devastating to him that he gave up 12 years of sobriety and began drinking again. He ultimately ended up at a homeless shelter. The staff began to help him so he could get a full-time job. He started to attend AA meetings and work on his sobriety. He opened himself up to what God could do in his life. God specializes in second chances. He specializes in third, fourth, and fifth chances in new beginnings, and comebacks. As his hope was being restored, his confidence was being regained, he was able to get recertified as an auto mechanic. Today he has a good job, a nice place to live, and is well on his way to his comeback. What am I saying? God will bring a second chance into your life. If you do not obey the first time, God will give you another chance to listen to him. God did this for a little boy named Samuel. At an early age, Samuel was taken by his mother and placed into service at the temple in Ramah, thus fulfilling the promise that Hannah, Samuel's mother, had made with God in response to God's gift of blessing her with a baby. Imagine how Samuel must have felt alone, depressed, scared, homesick. Day after day, little Samuel went about his duties with a broken and depressed spirit, wondering why his mother would have abandoned him at this strange place. Little did Samuel know that God was doing a work in his life to prepare him for his life's mission. One night, while laying in bed half asleep, little Samuel heard a voice calling him, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel was scared and did not respond to the voice, but instead got up and went to his boss's room, Eli, and asked if his boss had been calling him. The boss said no, he had not been calling Samuel, and that Samuel should go lay down and get some sleep. Still, the strange new voice kept calling Samuel. Samuel. Finally, after being called by this strange voice twice, Samuel answered. The voice was God calling for Samuel. However, Samuel would refuse to answer twice because of the fear in his heart. But God did not give up on Samuel. He just kept calling him by name. This very moment, God is calling you by name. You may be currently 
disobeying God and walking outside of His will. But God is continuing to call. It's God's plan to take your troubles, to take your chaos, and turn them into a triumphal hope. Will you answer God? Will you dare to obey and allow God to control the affairs of your life? When we obey God and turn our will over to Him and accept His plans for our life, we can rest in the promises of His Word. In Hebrews, it states three times that God will never fail us. We may fail God, but He will never fail us. I believe that if you'll open your heart, if you'll completely open it, and allow God to fight your battles, He will lead you into the fullness of your destiny and cause His favor to be poured out upon your life, taking your chaos, taking your troubles, and giving you hope in the midst of them. Recently, I was able to pick up this book that has been tremendously helpful to me, and I encourage you to grab it. It's called Talk to Me, Jesus. His Words for You, a devotional journal. It's by uh, uh, Bell City Gifts, uh, uh, publishes this book. It is an amazing book. On the left-hand side, when you open it, it's God's Words for You. And on the right side, it gives you the space for your words for God. And it allows God to speak to you and you to be able to speak to God. And and today I, I just flipped it open and it had his words for me when you are tempted. And I just want to want to quickly read this in closing. It says, what are the triggers that pull you away from me? What temptation can yank you from my arms? What can fling you so easily into the abyss? And then as I wait and reach for you, I hear your small voice, help, and I am there. Recognize the temptations in advance, dear one. These painful interruptions and roadblocks that loom in the haven of your spiritual progress are not accidents, they are choices. I tell you, listen to the small temptations, for they are the snake bites of the enemy. They chew at your heels to draw you to your belly, sorry and defeated. I have come that you might have a big life of abundant blessing and happiness. You do not have to spend your hours fighting off demons at every turn. You can be free from every temptation as you permit me to break off every chain that binds you. It's a choice. Friends, one thing I've learned in COVID, it brings out the temptations you thought were buried. It brings out the battles that you had fought previously when you were in your old life. That's the things that I've struggled with. I'm sure that you struggled with as well. I just want you to know that as you listen to this podcast, that I'm praying for you as a listener. As this podcast grows, as as it reaches all across the world as a syndicated podcast, I want you to know that your family a fellow listeners are here praying for you. Reach out to us through uh, Spotify, through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Nation. There is a button that you click. It's called Message Us. Send us a message. Give us the prayer request that we can help pray for you. I know that God wants to take your current chaos and bring hope in the midst of it. Thank you once again for joining us today. Let me close you out with a prayer. 
Father God, I pray that you will bless these people. You will encourage them. You will anoint them. You will take the words spoken. You will take the rhema given today. And you will use that, God, to the furtherance of your kingdom, to the uplifting of your people. In your holy name, amen.